0: I want to welcome, everyone of you, and I want to welcome those who are joining us on Gate Outreach TV and our YouTube channel, and all those who are with us through the audio podcasts. May God bless you in Jesus' name. We have been on a series on living in purposeful creativity, and we've come to the penultimate topic in this series which is the covenant, the creative, sorry, the creative lifestyle of prudence, prudence. I wouldn't take time to go through the eight or the seven we have done before now, this being the eighth, uh, but I just want to say that we need to understand that everything God has been speaking to us since the beginning of September has a definite purpose in, a purpose in helping us to walk in the purposes of God for our lives. You see, we have always said, like great servant of God, Mars Munro said, that where uh, purpose is unknown, that abuse is inevitable. But I have also found that even when purpose is known, you need to know how to walk in purpose. Hallelujah. You need to know how to walk in your purpose, otherwise purpose will still not be achieved. There is a way I must live my life in order for me to achieve what God has ordained for me to achieve. There is a way you must live your life. There are certain places I no longer go. I've never been there for years because of my purpose on understanding that those kind of places will not help my journey. There are certain movies I don't watch anymore, no matter what they are called, no matter what the rating is. Simply because there is a place I'm going and that movie is not going to help me. And so on and so forth. Last week, a couple of weeks ago, we looked at the the lifestyle of faith. And one of the things we said was that the lifestyle of faith, thank you very much, the lifestyle of faith is one that a believer must live. But it is very important for us to also understand that no matter how much of faith you have, If you don't understand the principle of delegation, Pastor Moses dealt very extensively with us uh, on that topic yesterday, with that topic on last Sunday, and uh, we were all blessed. And throughout the week, there's been a lot of sharing on understanding that we are delegates on earth. The just shall live by faith. So we are delegates here on earth, and we have learned that we also must learn how to delegate. He said, the things I've committed to you commit to faithful men. And women who will be able to teach others also. So delegation is a mandated aspect of the lifestyle of a believer. So without faith, it is impossible to please God. But a faith journey involves an understanding that you are here on earth as a delegate. The Bible says you are in this world, but you are not of this world. You have come from somewhere to be here to do something. You have come from somewhere to be here to achieve something. And in understanding this life of delegation, we must also understand the place of prudence and integrity. So the next couple of Sundays as we round up this series, we'll be looking at the importance of prudence and integrity. Great virtues that a person of faith must have. Hallelujah. Great virtues that a person of faith must have. Amen. So we have looked at these things and I just want to encourage us to go over the series again. You can find them on LiveGate Outreach TV. You can find them on podcasts in Apple or in, um, in uh, I don't use it so I don't know what it's called, in uh, Android, <laughs> Android platforms and iOS platforms. Hallelujah. Just look for Livegate Outreach Center on your podcasts and you will find us there. Loads of messages there that can bless you. And we want to thank God for everyone who's been sending in testimonies from around the world on how these things have been blessing them. And we pray that we continue to be blessed in Jesus' name. So when we talk about prudence, we are talking about a, a certain kind of quality. This quality is special. It talks about sound judgment. It talks about the ability to take certain actions in consideration of a favorable future. These are my own definitions. I'm trying to find the words that describe it. You are intentional about what you do today. A prudent man is, or a woman is intentional about what they do today because of the results they want to see tomorrow. If you want to see certain things tomorrow, you must do certain things today. Simple. And it takes prudence to know what to do today to see the, the outcome of tomorrow. It takes sound judgment. It takes that ability to engage with God to know how to take those decisions today that will affect your tomorrow positively. This has nothing. When it many times people people refer to prudence as when somebody is just you know a, a very good saver of money, and you see or saver. When you save, it is good, but when you become unduly frugal or you become stingy that one is no more prudence but stupidity that one has turned to foolishness proverbs 11:24 the bible says there is one who scatters yet even though he scatters he increases the more and there is one who withholds more than is right somebody say more than is right There is one who saves more than is right, more than is appropriate, and it leads to poverty. This withholding, we limit it to money. It's not only money. Every kind of resource on earth must be used appropriately, judiciously. Whether it is your time, whether it is your talent, whether it is your money, Whatever it is, your marriage, the things that you do, you must understand the principle of scattering, the principle of giving, the principle of releasing, and the principle of holding what is right at the level you ought to hold it so that it does not lead to poverty. Of course, primarily it addresses the concept of money, but we need to understand that prudence is about this ability to exercise sound judgment. If you want to be promoted in life, you must be prudent. We don't talk about these things a lot. You don't hear these words in many cases. You, you hear them in secular settings. You hear them much more outside the church. But these are virtues that are godly from the scriptures that people of the world and the business world have taken over and used much more. We need to understand. Proverbs 22 verse 29 says, if, there, if you see a man that is diligent in his way, we are not turning to it. He said, if you see a man that is diligent in his ways, he will not just turn before mere men, he will stand before kings. A diligent man is a prudent man. David was a prudent man. He was out there in the shepherd, shepherding flock in the, in the wilderness. And his prudence, his skill was noticed by people he did not even know. And before you know it, they were reeling off his CV in the palace. And he was brought to the palace. There is a way, diligence, and your prudent use of your resources helps you to become promoted and achieve the things of God. I pray this morning that God will open your eyes to see areas that you need to be prudent, areas where you need to continually develop in the exercising of sound judgment. Many of us are in many situations today just because of this one thing. We are righteous. We have peace of God, we have joy, we have faith. We understand that we are the ambassadors for Christ and we witness to others, but we need to learn and grow in the area of prudence. We need to learn this virtue of God so that we can be a better people. You have heard many times said that it is your attitude that determines your altitude. Whilst it is a very good sounding cliche, which is true, There is a lot that goes on between your attitude and your altitude. There's a lot. You don't just have an attitude that is right and then suddenly you are rising. If so, everybody, many, many people would have been rising. (laughs) There are two things in between your attitude and your altitude. And I want to say to you that you see your attitude is important. It starts with it. Humility is an attitude you must have. We have dealt with humility many times. We'll still talk about it in this church. Humility is an attitude you must have. Go straight on to Proverbs chapter 22 verse 4. He said, by humility and the fear of God. By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. Three things. Riches, honor, life. Riches, honor, life. You see, you can have humility and have riches and honor. You can be a humble person and know how to play your game and be very good at what you do and, and be endowed with riches and honor. But you see, life is only in God. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can have anything. Come to the Father except by me. That's why there must be the fear of the Lord. When God was speaking to Joshua, he said, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. And you observe to do according to all that is written therein. So you may make your way prosperous and you will have what? Good success. Good success. Success with life. Success with eternal life. Riches and honor can come to anybody. Who knows how to be humble? Who knows how to work hard and be diligent at what they do? But that plus life comes to those who are humble and also have the fear of the Lord. So our attitude in humility comes, helps us to come to God, and it is good. But I want you to write down the word attribute. Attribute. There are God-given attributes on your inside. The Bible says every good and perfect gift comes from above. God has given you some attributes. They are what you call your gifts. Spiritual gifts, ministry gifts, your abilities. These are endowed talents. Some of you can sing. Some of you can write. Some of you can do things. Some of you can drive well. These are attributes. It's not everybody that can do everything perfectly the same way. Some of you can present. Some of us, the, the, some people, if you, if you put them in front of one person, they're perfect. They can be so good. So they're very good, one-on-one. But the moment you make it two people, you have confused them. <laughs> Don't go to twenty. Ah, you have you won't find them. (laughs) Hallelujah. Meanwhile, there are some of some people like us. The more the people, the more the strength. (laughs) The more the people, the more the energy. Because it is the way God wires people up differently. These are God-given attributes. Now we need to understand that we must know how to harness those. Those are the things we have learned from Matthew chapter twenty-five, that we call the parable of the talents. I'm saying this because for you to be a prudent person, you must understand what God has, what attributes God has put inside you. And you see, when you know your attributes, you don't stop there. It doesn't still take you to your altitude. You need to have, write this one down, you also need to engage your aptitude. Somebody say aptitude. So you start with your attitude, humility, fear of the Lord. Then you need to recognize your attributes, God-given abilities, potentials, the things that you know you can naturally do without stress. But over and above that, you need to engage your aptitude, your level of thinking, your wisdom, your sound judgment. This is where prudence comes in. You can find a man, that is why we always say that anointing without character can lead to disaster. You can find a heavily anointed man like Samson, heavily endowed with the attributes of heaven that makes him undoubtedly unique. But when aptitude and sound judgment is lacking in such a character, sleep with anybody, go anywhere, drink anything, it cuts short. It cuts short. So we must understand that prudence is that ability to help you to engage your aptitude your aptitude in such a way that you will make the best use of all your attributes that have been given to you by God. It is when you are able to do that and deliver that consistently that God takes you to higher altitudes. So it is true that it is your attitude that yields, takes you to your, that determines your uh, altitude in life But you must understand that it is your responsibility to understand your attributes and engage your attitude, your aptitude. Your attitude, your attributes, and your aptitude. Those are the things that will take you to your altitude. I just felt like saying that so that we understand. Believers can quote scriptures. Believers can sing songs. Believers can do the right things. But some practical skill sets. This whole series is about teaching you some practical steps you must take if you want to see changes in your life. And no matter who you are, including me speaking to you, I must continue to evaluate my life and see where I need to engage further with God so that I can continue to take the new levels that God wants for me. I decree that God will continue to open your eyes. In the name of Jesus. For those of you watching by LiveGate Outreach TV or listening to the podcast, we read earlier on today and those who came later, John chapter 6 verse 1 to 14, we read in our scripture readings. And so I'm just going to take a few verses there to teach us some scriptural elements of prudence that Jesus Christ and the people around him demonstrated in that very famous passage. We know the story, the people were by the Sea of Galilee, Jesus was preaching to them, he went up on a high mountain. And he was preaching to them, and then the people became hungry. And Jesus said, let's not send them away. And the disciples were saying, let's give them food. The disciples were saying, how on earth can we have the money to buy the food? Even if we have the money, nobody can bake bread so quickly. So it looked like an impossible situation. But you know something? The Bible makes us to understand that everything worked well because Jesus was a man who understood the principle of prudence. And he walked in it. And we can see some of the elements of it. The first thing is that he engaged godly wisdom. John chapter 6 in verse 6. After he asked them that what are they going to do. The Bible says, but this he said to test him. That is to Andrew. For he himself knew what he would do. I decree that from today you will know what to do. I say you will know what to do. You see, knowing what to do saves you in the journey of life. Knowing what to do, many times when I'm in the tasks of life, not just matters of ministry, matters of the life, family, marriage, children, parenting, then work, business. At times, I get to places where I just find that I I just don't know what to do. And I find that James chapter 1 verse 5 is so powerful. The Bible says, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask God. Let him ask God. We don't just read scriptures. If, if not, every provision is there. He said, let him ask God that gives to all men liberally. He never, one of the things that you will never see God deny anyone that asks is wisdom, like mercy. He wouldn't deny. He said he operates not. He does not withhold. So when you go to him, the Bible says Jesus himself knew what he would do. And the Bible makes us to understand. So we need to know that the dependence on God's wisdom is key if we're going to be a prudent person. If you're going to be prudent with your resources, you're going to be prudent with your finances, you're going to be prudent with your uh, life, time, your time in life, you're going to be prudent with the things that God has given you, you must be a person operating by godly wisdom. Number two, We saw the child, in this case, demonstrate what is called liberality. John chapter 6 verse 9. We were told that there was a young boy there who had things. And the things that the boy had was just five loaves and two fish. They said there is a lad who had five loaves and two fish. But what are they among so many? You see, I want you to understand that most of the time, what you have in your hand that God wants you to engage... To, use, to, pro, to, promote, to be promoted to the next level and to move on in life don't usually look it. They don't usually look it. Many times, a lot of us trivialize the things around us. We keep seeing the negative and the, 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 the inadequacy of things. Look at that. They said there is no food. That was where they started from. No food at all. And then suddenly, somebody saw five loaves and two fish. And immediately, they saw the negative side of some food. From no food to some food. Now, the devil still confuses them that what can this do among so many? Why am I saying this? There was a time you were not married. Now you're married. And the devil is convincing you that your spouse is your problem. And you're agreeing with him. He or she can't be your problem. He or she cannot be your problem. There was a time you didn't have children. And you were praying, Lord, 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 Lord. And then they started coming. You said, Lord, now now you say these children, these children every time. They are not your problem. They are not your problem. (laughs) They are God's gift to you. You need to engage sound wisdom. Hallelujah. Everything around you is a good gift. Say it with me. Everything around me is a good gift. And don't tell me, Pastor, you don't know my spouse. That's why. I know your spouse. (laughs) At least. I know them because you have shown them to me. They are good. They are good. But the reality of it is this. You need not to think like the disciples. What can this do among the many? The five loaves and the two fish... With the wisdom of God and the prudence of liberality, you are able to go to the next level, which is the attitude, number three, the attitude of gratitude. You use it every day to celebrate God. You use it every day to celebrate God. I told you many times, many years ago, in the late mid-90s, around about 1994, the very first official car I was given, this is an official car. The very first official car I was given I have to intercede to move every 100 meters with it. This was back in my home country. Even the employer does that in this country. They will, <laughs> they will sue him. But, you know, in Nigeria, if anything goes. At least those days, I believe they have changed now. This car was very old. But that was the first car I will have as a car attached to my life at that point in my life. So, every day I drove it excitedly. I'm praying and singing at the same time. It did not have a stereo set. I went and bought this thing that plays tape recorders. This kind of tape. Some of you have never seen it before, but I will tell you. When you pre- when you want to play, you press play, and it makes a lot of noise. Aha. <laughs> Thank you very much. And uh, I bought one of those with batteries inside, and I'll be playing. And I'll be driving to where my fiancé, we were not married, we are just planning to get married then, I would drive to her hostel, praise the Lord. I would drive to her hostel, and I would be, I would be excited. And she would come out, and I will say, you know, this is, this is the car, and this and that. I've been telling you about it, and, and we, would like, we, would, we would dance around it. And then when we get in, and she says, where is the AC? I said, there's no AC in this one now. You don't know. Wind down the glasses. <laughs> That's the AC. Hallelujah. <laughs> we were just enjoying life. But if we had stood, many times I think, I don't know how many cars, by God's grace, we have used since then to the glory of God. But you know something? Many times I ask myself, what if we were complaining those days? Maybe that would have still been the car, if at all. We are still using it. When you don't learn to have liberality, So, liberality is not just about being able to give out money and give out things to people. You need to be able to be liberal with the things God has given you and show gratitude with it. The Bible says, Jesus, verse 11, he took the loaves and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples. And the disciples who were sitting down, likewise the fish, as much as they wanted. Somebody say, as much as they wanted. The previous verse says, what "What can this do among so many? When the man who understood the principle of prudence involving the ability to recognize what God has given, be liberal with it, and also to give thanks in in appreciation of what it is, he gave to everyone as much as they wanted. May God continue to help us to have the attitude of gratitude in the name of Jesus. The final thing we learn in John chapter 6, I just want to point out, is the fact that Jesus demanded for accountability Prudence requires accountability. A family that is just living life, for example, no plan, no no goals, no target. You don't even know whether this month you earn two thousand. You don't know whether you earn five thousand. You don't know, or you earn five hundred. You don't know. You just spend it. You come movie, pizza, travel, everything. Confused. No type, tar- Nobody knows whether husband pay tight or wife pay. Nobody. That is that is lack of accountability. And it diffuses, it diffuses the potential for you to achieve more with the resources God has given to you. Look at what the Bible says in verse 12. So when they were all filled, he said to the disciples, read it with me, you can see it. Gather up the fragments. Can you read it? Gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost. Verse 13. Therefore, verse 13, let's go. Therefore, they gathered them up and filled how many baskets? Twelve baskets with fragments of the five barley loaves which were left over by who? Those? So the need was met and there was excess. Why? Because of prudence. Because of the ability of taking what is available, recognizing the God element and blessing it, and then making it liberal. Just bringing it out as God helps. Many people will break out of the realms they are today if they can learn this simple principle. Where you understand that it is not until you have overflowing abundance. It is using what you have in the wisdom of God that meets your need and leads you to overflowing abundance. This is how it works. We must all come to the place where prudence becomes a lifestyle. And I pray that God is going to help us all in Jesus' name. Amen. We learned the story of Joseph. You know the story of Joseph as well in Genesis chapter forty-one. He was in prison, and that there was a need for the uh, Pharaoh's dreams to be interpreted. If you read it from verse seventeen, we'll read it right down to verse forty uh, thereabouts, forty-one. But I just want to pick a few verses from there. Genesis chapter forty-one, when Joseph interpreted the dream to Pharaoh. He said, you dreamt two dreams. One, there was a cow, there were a set of cows that were thin that ate up, uh, I'm just paraphrasing, that ate up rosy looking cows. And then there were the, the, the thin looking and ugly looking ears of corn that ate up those ones that were looking right. And those two scenarios remained and nothing looked beautiful anymore. He said to the Pharaoh, he said, because you saw this thing twice, it means God is going to do it. That is why you must be careful. When you see something God speaks to you first time, second time, you need to take steps to understand what God is trying to say about it. And he said to Pharaoh, he said, because you heard it twice, you saw the dream twice, it will come to pass. He said, this is what you will do. He said, those first seven years, he said, when they happen, that you are going to appoint officers. Look at it in verse 33. He said, now therefore let Pharaoh select a discerning and wise man and set him over the land of Egypt. A discerning and wise man, a prudent man, a prudent man, a wise man. That's what Joseph was asking for. And by the way, we all know that Joseph was not rooting for himself. You see, in our day and age... He would have, at, at that point, when Pharaoh said, what will we do? That's the very point he will start negotiating business. He would say, you see, this is it. <laughs> You're going to sign a contract with me. It's going to last for 14 years. <laughs> and every year I'll be paid X, Y, Z. Take advantage of the vulnerability of the man. But you see, a man of prudence and a man of wisdom and a man of understanding will always deal with preference, will always be open will not push themselves forward because it is God that pushes forward. Now, don't get me wrong. I know one of the areas, our community especially, when I say our community, black, African, Asian community especially, especially black, African, Asians are even better in this, uh, 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 I would say have some kind of deficiency when I compare to the Caucasian breed is that we don't know how to sell ourselves. And we should, but there is a balance to it all. So I'm not talking about being stupid. I'm not talking about being foolish, where you are not wisely presenting yourself in the right way you ought to be. But I'm talking about not pushing yourself forward unduly. I'm talking about not not making yourself what God can make you. This is what he said. Let their Pharaoh select a discerning and wise man who set And set him over the land of Egypt. Verse 34 says, let Pharaoh do this. And let him appoint officers over the land to collect one-fifth of the produce of the land of Egypt in the seven plentiful years. I'm reading verse 34. In the seven plentiful years. You see, you need to know when there are the seven plentiful years of your life. There are always the seven plentiful years of every season of your life. Some of you have... No children now. There are plentiful years for certain things for you to be doing. Some of you have young children, under 10 now. There are plentiful years for certain things to be happening in your family. Don't waste it. Some of you have children who are now teenagers. There are seven plentiful years that you should be doing something with them. I'm just talking about parenting alone now. The same thing with your money, the same thing with your energy. Those of you that are in your 30s now and you sleep as if sleep is, you, you want to finish sleep, you are wasting your life. <laughs> What are you? Are you competing with somebody? <laughs> You're only 35, and you are sleeping 10 hours a day. What are you doing with 10 hours sleep? 35? No. This is your prime. I'm not saying overwork yourself. Get me right. But this is your prime. This is your prick energy. Use it well. When you get to 50, you want to do it, you, you open your eyes like this, the thing will shut by itself. <laughs> because the age is starting to tell. You need to understand that there is a prime time of your life. Don't waste it. Couples, there are times that you have your prime of enjoying each other physiologically. There are times. Don't waste it. You are fighting every day, arguing every day. Is it when you are 60 you want to start looking at enjoying yourself? You know what I'm talking about. Even if you don't want to know, that's your business. (laughs) I'm sure you know. Enjoy yourselves. Enjoy yourselves. Take time to plan. There is a seven years of plentifulness in everyone's situation. That workplace you are now, you may not be at the position you want to be, but there are certain targets that are there for you to achieve in these seven plentiful years. Don't waste it. Don't waste it. Listen to me. You are not going to be the age you are forever. Not just because I want to scare you. This is reality. By reason of what I do for the University of Overhampton, my workplace, I know that I see young people coming into university, very aggressive, very ready, 21-year-olds, 22-year-olds, they're ready to take on the world. Because I work with apprentices and those who are already in the workplace, I used to imagine some of them, when they appear, these boys are just 25, 24, but when they appear, if you see them, the way they carry themselves, you would think they're already managers in the place. So I say, I pity those managers that are ahead of them. If they are not up and doing, in five years, when these guys qualify, they'll be out. There is, there is a world of seven years of plenty for you. Engage with your prime. Engage. You still have the brain to study. You are going to watch film every day. Watch film and reading books that are not helping you. Use this time. Apply for courses. You. Some of you have... Opportunity to apply for any course and get a lot of discount because you are a citizen. You have a passport that gives you that opportunity. You are using it to go to Acapulco and uh, <laughs> next year they look for you. You are in Hong Kong. Near the other time you are in Switzerland. No. That passport at this point in time is not for Switzerland and for all those places. It's for studying. It's for taking advantage of what you can take advantage now. So that when you study now in these seven years of plenty... When you are no longer, when you go that time five years later and they say, oh, you can't qualify, you say, I already have that qualification. Those will be the seven lean years. And then it is what you have achieved now that starts to speak then. I pray God gives you understanding. This is what prudence is all about. There are certain things that every day I look at my age, not that I'm afraid, but I look at my age and I understand. I I told my wife, I said, there are certain things God's bearing our lives we must achieve in this new decade because we are both the same age. We must achieve it in this new decade. God's sparing our lives for our lives, our ministry, our church, and our family, everything. We, we look at it as strategic. We did that 10 years ago. When we just clocked 40, we did that, and we were strategic that by the time we are 50, this is what we're going to see. So we work hard for it. We studied together. I was working in Coventry. She was working. She was working. She was starting her nursing program. Because of her nursing program, I changed my job from Coventry to, 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 to Birmingham. And we managed together. We were changing our children on the road. Toby <laughs> is laughing. We change them on the road. We meet at certain places. I will pass them from car to car. She works nights. I work day. We have friends that we have formed. Some of you, you, you don't even have any friends. You can share children and do child minding and, and, and swap. You don't. Because you are, you are, you are, you are are (laughs) the, you need those people, you need those connections now. You work together with people that will help you, you help them. This is the age, this is the age. Be prudent, seven plentiful years, plan it very well. The Bible says, and this man said to Pharaoh, this land will yield seven plentiful years. Look at what he said, verse 35, he said, let them gather all the food. Prudence, let them gather all the food of those good years that are coming and store up grain under the authority of Pharaoh and let them keep food in the cities. If you are not able to plan your finances that there is, like I said last Sunday, there is the place of your tax to government, which you must give. There is the place of your tithe to God, which you must give. There is the place of your offering to God, which you must give. There is the place of your blessing of others, which you must give. And plan all those things for your spending. And you look all your spending every month, every time. That is not spending well. Because there is a place for every one of those things that blesses you. The money you give to your parents. Listen, there is no day I give. I, I call my parents and parents-in-law that they don't pray for me. The kind of prayer they pray for me, I know it's impossible for the devil to get me. (laughs) When my father-in-law especially opens his mouth like this, I say, I'm a blessed man because I've just had my father pray for me. Then my father-in-law join it because something goes to them. (laughs) Hallelujah! It's not just empty prayer. Something goes to them. You provoke it. You don't have to wait until you have so much. Do you know that five pounds in Nigeria is what? 10,000. 2,500, ten, ten, 10 pounds is how much? It's 5,000, that's what I wanted to say. 10 pounds is 5,000 naira. Do you know that some people's salary is 18,000 naira a month? Some people earn 20,000 naira. I mean 10,000, ten thank you sir, thank God, you see you see now? 10,000 naira is somebody's one whole month's salary. Or you take pizza, chop it, no thinking, chop. <laughs> 25 pounds, burger, McDonald's, just chop it. <laughs> Set up that thing on your phone, app, world remit, uh, money, what is the other one? Zimo, Zimo. Eh? all those things, set them up in your phone. When your money comes, remember papa, remember mama, send them 10,000 naira. They will pray for you. Don't wait until you have 1 million. Don't say, I'm, I'm, mom, you know, I'm, I'm waiting to send you 1 million. No, don't send, when you have 1 million, send it. But today, you have, you, are, you can send 10,000, send it. Bless them. Bless people. Somebody, you, you, you bought three shirts and you like them all. Keep one and say, I want to use this to sew to somebody. Don't start wearing all of them. Say, I, I wear it first. When I wear it, when I wear it and I'm tired. Nah, that very day, take one out and say, I want to bless somebody. This is the way you know how to keep things and be prudent and use them accordingly. May God continue to give us understanding. In the name of Jesus. Some of you have parents that don't need your money. They don't need your money because they are very blessed. And I know it. But do you know everything you send to them comes back with a blessing? Yeah. Yeah. Some of you have parents. Some of you have spiritual parents. You have pastors. You have people here that don't need your money because they are working as well and they earn money. But do you know every day you pray for them. Every day you give them something, they pray for you. They pray for you. They pray from their hearts. This microphone I'm wearing, there is no day since this church started. It was bought in 2014 by a family here. There is no day, no Sunday since this church started that I'm, as I'm wearing it like this, that I don't remember that family. And a blessing always comes from me to them. It's natural. How much did they buy at that time? I don't know. I mean, a few hundred pounds. But all the blessing will come because there is something. There is a way you can engage with this attitude of prudence that causes your life never to remain the same. I decree that God will keep showing himself strong on your behalf in the name of Jesus. I just want to encourage you this morning. Like Jesus did, Joseph knew what the problem was and he knew what to do. May God continue to help you to know what to do. You see, friends, prudence is about taking decisions to suffer today so that you don't regret tomorrow. Regret comes because we did not take we did not take the decisions we ought to have taken or we took the wrong decisions. That is why we regret. But when we learn to be prudent, what happens is that every time we take decisions, we may suffer the pain of discipline, but we will not suffer the pain of regret. The pain of discipline is better to bear. I tell you, it's better to bear. Many times before these messages, I've told you many times, I don't sleep. It is after message, if you look for me at 5 p.m. and you can find me, God help you. Many times I sleep after that if I don't have to go and attend to something. But you see, while I'm sat there and I'm studying and I'm praying and I'm preparing for these things, I learned that it may be painful. I'm sacrificing. My wife may be sacrificing and all that. But you know, that sacrifice is because there is a pain of discipline that I must go through so that I can attain the things that God has shown me. May God continue to help us. I say, may God continue to help us. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Verse 22, Proverbs 22, verse 3 says, a prudent man foresees evil and he hides himself. He will see evil, but he will hide himself. He said, but a simple man, pass on and are punished for it. You will not be punished. I say, you will not be punished. Amen. When the Bible talks about a simple man, at times it just refers to a foolish man. Somebody who is not wise. When you look at things, They bring something to you. It's an offer. I've told you. They say it's 50% off. That it is 50% off doesn't mean you have to buy it. No. They say, no, just buy it. Don't pay anything now. They know. They have calculated it. They say, don't pay anything now. Just be paying a little by little by little by little. (laughs) You know what? You don't need those things. Anything you are going to be paying for that is not going to be productive for you, don't pay for it, whatever that thing is. Especially if it's going to be costing you that much. If you are going to be paying for a material, so people even buy clothes like that. People buy jewelry like that. What are you doing with it? Do you know that there is nothing as good as being able to pay for everything you need to pay for, uh, to buy what you need to buy at a go? But direct debit A, direct debit B, direct debit C, British gas D, car four, this one, that. So by the time they pay your salary, when the thing comes, all of them rush out your account. Then you go and look at your balance, £20.50. <laughs> then you start fighting everybody. <laughs> and nobody sent you when you were saying, Put it on my card, charge it. <laughs> when you were telling them, charge it, nobody was there with you. Now you are fighting everybody. <laughs> Friends, you don't need those things. You, are not, you don't need to prove any point to anybody. Somebody said to me some months back, he's no more in this church. Maybe that's one of the reasons they left, but I pray they come back. He said to me, He said, Pastor, What I don't like about you is that you wear the same suits every time. I said, "Ah, my suit." (laughs) As if he bought suit for me and I did not wear it. I said, "Me, suit is not my problem. I can wear one suit for five years. It's not a problem for me." You are the one that knows you must be wearing brand new suit every week. He said, "No." He said, "He said you should be different." I said, "When that level comes, that that time will come." Praise the Lord. The reality is that if I want to buy 500 suits, I can buy 500 suits and be changing week in, week out. That you won't see me wear too. You say I'm not boasting. But there are better things to do with money. <laughs> it's not suit. There are better things to do with money. Praise the Lord. So I want you to understand this. Don't let your life be determined by other people or by the pressure of society. If you buy a car, let that car be producing for you. If it's not producing for you, it's not helping you. If you buy anything, you buy, when I bought my computer, my laptop, it was 1,400 pounds. It was the, it's the, it's the most expensive laptop I've ever bought at once. I used to buy 400, 500. I went with my little girl, my, my daughter. She said I should stop calling her her little girl, my little girl. Because she's 17. Somebody say 17. <laughs> I went with her. She said, Dad, for the kind of work you do and the kind of things, you need to invest in this. I said, that is true. When I got home, every day I used the computer, I pray for her. Very fast, very quick, I've made the money of that computer, I don't know, maybe 10 times since 2017 when I bought it. It's producing for me. So, but you may look at it and say, pastors, I like that computer, it's good. You may look at this, other. say, I like that thing. But you see, there is a reasoning behind everything. I didn't buy the car I'm, buying, I'm using because I just like to buy, drive that kind of car. I travel a lot. At times when I'm speaking to you here, Like this, you are seeing me like this. When we are speaking again in about six hours, I'm in London. At times I'm in Manchester and you'll be surprised. I travel a lot, so I need a car that is delivering for me. You need to think about everything and be prudent. He said, when you see evil, something they want to sell to you and push to you, and you know that this will put you in trouble, say, no, thank you, not yet. Thank you, not yet. I learned this from our fathers of the faith. Many, many men that have gone ahead of us. T.D. Jakes said there was a time there were holes in his shoes. The same T.D. Jakes today. There were holes in his shoes that he cannot afford to kneel down before the church and pray like that. I hope there are no holes in my own. (laughs) So when he wants to kneel down, and you know he's in front of the people. When he wants to kneel down and he remembers the shoe, he said he will turn around (laughs) and kneel down like that. Because church members will see the holes under his shoes. But today everybody talks TDJX, TDJX, TDJX. Those were the days of suffering and laboring because he did not want to regret today. You will not regret your tomorrow. Start with. (laughs)